You know, guys, when you get to be our age, finding the motivation to get back in shape can be hard. It's just plain tough to find a routine and to stick with it. Good news. FitBod is a fitness app that is anything but routine. It tailors your workouts to fit your life, your goals, your gear, and even your schedule, so you can avoid burnout. And FitBod helps keep up your momentum by mixing in different exercises, reps, supersets, and circuits. Best yet, FitBod has over 1,000 demonstration videos, so you can learn the right way to do each exercise. It's time to ditch the boring routines and kickstart your fitness journey. Add FitBod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash Zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash Zabe. Winning season is rolling at MyBookie, and this week, entries are now open for the winner-take-all Super Contest. MyBookie is the only sportsbook that offers online Super Contests, so you can't miss out on this exclusive promotion. Enter now and turn $10 into 10000 Weeks 5 through 8 make 5 picks against the spread. Get them right? Earn points and rise up the standings to take home the $10,000 grand prize. Packers, Bucks, Titans, Vikings, Ravens, boom, you're already set. And if you need another reason to head to mybookie.ag to celebrate the start of the MLB playoffs, mybookie is hosting a $20,000 blackjack tournament that is absolutely free to enter. Winning season is here, so get in on the game and get to mybookie.ag now. Use my promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. And when you make your first deposit at mybookie, you'll receive double your deposit. That's promo code ZABE, so you can double your funds to double your winnings. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, one, one. Strap in. You are looking live at a sold-out Memorial Stadium in Columbia. And every single swinging guy starts with teams. Let's hit it rolling now. Let's earn this thing today. This is NFL, which stands for not for long when you make the calls. Bobby selling groceries. They shot me in Denver. You who not? You who not? Week 5 of the National Football League, and it is the 1-1-8-2-2-1-1 lineup of games. It is our first export of the jolly old London games. It'll be the Jets and the Falcons going overseas. Breakfast in London on Sunday, 9.30 Eastern Time. Don't say we don't send England our best. We do. The Jets... And the Falcons. Ufa. Arizona, the last of the unbeatens. Can they stay that way against San Francisco? And Chiefs and Bills on Sunday night, your AFC title game rematch from last year. The Thursday night affair between the 3-1 and one Los Angeles Rams and the 2-2 two and two Seattle Seahawks finished too late 
for today's Zapecast. So let's get going. We start by going to jolly old London. You are looking live. At the 1-3 and three Jets against the 1-3 and three Falcons. Atlanta minus 2.5. Your total is 45. Zach Wilson was going YOLO on some deep balls last week, and it paid off. Can the hot streak continue overseas? Atlanta had the game won, locked in the freezer against Washington, and they let him off the hook. Ron Torbert is your referee. Fox has the game. Excuse me, CBS has the game. Greg Gumbel, Adam Archuleta, and A.J. Ross make the trip. That takes us to the 1 o'clock games on Sunday, and we go to Pittsburgh. You are looking live. At the 3-1 Broncos as a pick against the 1-3 reeling Pittsburgh Steelers. They did not connect on a number of big passes in Green Bay last week. Could have changed the outcome of the game, but otherwise, they really didn't have much against Green Bay. And the end is near, it seems, for Big Ben Roethlisberger, unless he plants a foot in the ground and says, it stops here. Teddy Bridgewater concussion last week. You're going to have to watch the wires to see whether or not he's ready to go on Sunday. Brad Rogers is your referee. Fox's Brandon Godan and Mark Schlareth your announcers. That takes us to Minnesota. You are looking live. At winless Detroit. Dan Campbell, how do opponents' knees taste now? We're going to chew your knees off. Well, they're on four, and they are nine and a half point underdogs to the one and three Minnesota Vikings. Where does a Minnesota team that only scored seven points, albeit against a good Cleveland defense last week, where do they get off laying nine and a hook? Your total is 49 in this game. Cleet Blakeman, your referee. Fox sends Chris Myers, Daryl Moose Johnston, and the lovely Jen Hale to call the game. That takes us to Cincinnati. You are looking live. At Joe Burrow and Aaron Rodgers, a pretty good matchup of three and one teams. Three and one Green Bay is a three-point road favorite. At 3-1, and one, Cincinnati, your total in this game is 50 and a hook. Bill Vinovich, your referee. Fox sends Kenny Albert, Jonathan Vilma, and Lindsey Zarniak to call the game. We go to Tampa Bay. You are looking live. At the 1-3 and three Dolphins, who finally get off the schneid last week, but are they any good? Probably not. 3-1 and one Tampa is the largest favorite on the board this week. Minus 10. And of course, they send the ladies' man, Jerome Boger, to be your referee. Jim Nance, Tony Romo, and Tracy Wolfson, your crew for CBS. I guess basically wherever Brady goes, Jim Nance will follow. It's a cross-flex game, by the way. CBS calling uh, the home Tampa Bay Fox North. Well, actually would be the other way around. You get the point. If it's Brady and Nance can do the game with Romo, they're going to do a Brady game. It's just how it works. That takes us to Houston. You are looking live. At the one and three Patriots who almost got their vengeance against Brady last week on Sunday night, but did not. Taking on the one and three Houston Texans who were just shellacked 40 to nothing on the road at Buffalo. The Patriots are nine point favorites in this one. I wouldn't touch this with Arch Leister's money and Pete Rose pushing. Total is 39 and a half. Scott Novak, your referee. CBS sends Andrew Catalan along with James Lofton and Amanda Balionis 
to call the game. We go to Rel John Maryland. You are looking live at the two and two versus two and two Saints and football team. Jameis and New Orleans are two point favorites in this one on the road. Washington is dealing now with the loss of tight end Logan Thomas, who is a big security blanket for their quarterbacks the last couple of years, last year and this year. And now, of course, the legend of Taylor Heineke, which may grow even further, will have to do so without their number one tight end. Jameis Winston has been meh so far in total in four games for the Saints replacing a legend in Drew Brees. Total is 43 and a half. Sean Smith is your referee. CBS sends Spiro Ditas and Jay Feely to call the game. Oof. Second game this year we've had that awful crew for Washington. We go to Carolina. You are looking live. At the 1-3 and three Eagles taking on the 3-1 and one Panthers who are the winners of the Stephon Gilmore sweepstakes this week picking up some added defensive oomph. Carolina is minus three in this one. Total is 45. Sean Hockley is your referee. And Fox sends Joe Davis and Greg Olson to do the game. We go to Jacksonville. You are looking live. At an embarrassed Urban Meyer and a winless Jacksonville Jaguar team. At 0-4, they are four and a half point home dogs to the 2-2 two and two Tennessee Titans. Apology week for Urban Meyer for the video that quickly went viral. What a bad decision that was for him. Tennessee, meanwhile, is just sort of scuffling along, trying to find their identity. Their defense really let them down last week in letting the Jets come back and win that game. Alex Kemp, your referee, and your announced team, Tom McCarthy and Ty Kai Barber. We go now to the 405 bridge window, and we go to Vegas. You are looking live. At Justin Fields, now your starter in Chicago, officially. Two and two Bears taking on the three and one Raiders, who went down for the first time this week on Monday night. Short turnaround plus travel home. We'll see how Vegas does as a rebound game, and we'll see how Fields does in his first road start. Road start. Remember, he came in as a substitute uh, when uh, Dalton went down uh, two weeks ago. Craig Rolstad is your referee. Rolstad. CBS's Ian Eagle, Charles Davis, Evan Washburn on the call. We go to Los Angeles. You are looking live. At the 3 and 1 Browns taking on the 3 and 1 Chargers. LA is minus 2. This might be my favorite game of the week save for the Sunday Nighter which is the Bills and the Chiefs because you wouldn't expect it to be the marquee game of the week. 3 and 1 versus 3 and 1. Brad Allen is your referee. Kevin Harlan with no regard for human life with Trent Green and Melanie Collins on the call. That takes us to the Sunday afternoon national window at 425 and we go to Dallas. You are looking live at the three and one Cowboys minus linebacker Jalen Smith. They are seven point dogs against or seven point favorites, excuse me, against the one and three New York Giants who stunned the Saints last weekend. Total is 52 in this one. Dallas's offense looks outstanding. John U. Hussey is your referee. Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, Aaron Andrews on the call for Fox. That takes us to Arizona. You are looking 
Talking live. At the 2-2 two and two Niners who may start Trey Lance against the 4-0 and oh, Arizona Cardinals. Arizona is a 5-point favorite here. The total is 50. And Kyler Murray has been great in every regard, but he's been especially great inside the pocket, which many people thought at his small height he would not be able to do. Clay Martin is your referee. Fox's Kevin Kugler, Mark Sanchez, and Laura Oakman on the call. And that brings us to Sunday night, and we go to Kansas City. You are looking live. At a rematch of the AFC title game last year, the 3-1 and Buffalo Bills against the 2-2 and Kansas City Chiefs, who did win against Philly, but it wasn't as comfortable as they would have liked. This is going to be a blockbuster game. Chiefs minus two and a half. Total is 56 and a hook. Carl Ch-Ch-Ch-Jeffers, maybe the best whistle the league has right now, your referee, L. Michaels with Chris Collinsworth and Michelle Tafoya on the call. And then on Monday night, it'll be the one and three Colts at the three and one Ravens. I call it the two Spider-Man game. Hey, you stole our team. No, hey, you stole our team. No, wait, we stole it back. Either way, Interesting game. Ravens are minus seven after a big and somewhat controversial road win at Denver by running it up, at least at the end, for a record that some thought was meaningless. Land Clark is your referee. ESPN's Brian Greasy, Lewis Reddick, and Lisa Salters on the call. And again, no Manning cast on Monday night. And there it is, week five in the National Football League. Now that the table is set, let's eat. Mr. X joins us now. Call me MrX.com is how you reach him. I am ready for a much better week five than week four. I'm stumbling a bit. Feeling a little bit lost. But I got a good read on my plays for this week. In fact, I feel super, super good about all three of my plays. How are we doing this week? Good. Can I can I can I start off by doing an Urban Meyer apology? Sure. You know, I got on your show a couple days earlier. Off the top of my head, when you asked me about a baseball, uh, the baseball recap, I got one wrong, and I apologize for putting myself in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Urban Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> It's not what I, can you, my my son today told me that Urban Meyer is the MJ of athletes' apologies. You know his ability to he he just can we we call it an athlete apology in my house, which is where you apologize but you don't apologize. Right. Oh my gosh, he is the best at it, isn't he? You apologize, but you're just you're not really apologizing, and you're kind of faking the whole. Oh yeah, I was just being stupid. If it offended anybody, I'm yeah. sorry. I asked Mrs. X about that whole situation with Urban Meyer, and I said, if I said I apologize for putting myself in that situation, would that fly? She said no. <laughs> <laughs> that that said, I had a little birdie uh, tell me, and I believe this birdie's got a good source, headline Urban Meyer on the email, FYI, being around these parts, and I'll redact more specifics, I know people who know people, and apparently Urban and his wife are coup de la with what happened and then some. This is what they do. Any disappointment. 
proprium by Shad Khan in the media is just window dressing. So there you go. That from a decent source. All right, let's get to this week. And let's start by looking back and making sure we make the appropriate adjustments and lessons learned from our last week picks. First and foremost, what did you go? What did I go? And what were our picks? Okay. Well, first of all, last week was a pretty neutral week over all the favorites went eight and eight. Uh, About as neutral as it gets. (laughs) Home teams went eight and eight. (laughs) Um, The overs went seven and nine, which is not bad for them. And the public went like three and three. So there you go. Pretty much a wash. As far as you and I, well, you missed your lock with the Bears. No. Who did you miss your lock with? My Bears were my lock, and that came home. Bears minus three at the Lions. I'm looking at it right now. Dallas minus four, loser. Giants minus seven. No, that's me. Oh, yeah, that is you. That's me. <laughs> You're right. I'm looking at my notes. That is you, actually. No. I, you did have, I did have the Bears minus three. That was correct. correct. But I had the but Texans. Was I did, yeah, my lock is Carolina. That lost. And I had the Texans plus 17, my Geneva Convention bet, which, right. which was really, it was on the right side. It was just 24 points shy yeah, of was, what I needed. Yeah. I yeah, was just no. three touchdowns and a field goal, and I would have covered by a point, which I, you know, I like my chances on that, you know? Sure. <laughs> so I had you. God, I always say, when you, pick, when you pick a huge dog like that, you, you feel right. You feel good when you get it right. Yeah. And when you lose, you lose by 100. Yeah. So, so you went one and two, which puts you at six and six on the year. Oh, God, I hate it. Yeah. And you went, missed the lock, would put you at two and two on the year. So, I hate it. We're flipping coins. We're flipping coins and losing vig, left leaking oil. I uh, I had a good week. I was three and zero. I had the Bears as my lock. I had uh, the Cowboys. You and I had disagreed on that one. I had the Cowboys, the Panthers, and I also took the Giants, who uh, won outright. So I went three and zero. That puts me on your show at eight and four on the year, and I'm also two and two on my locks. The Giants were seven point dogs in New Orleans, not yeah, seven that, point that, that, favorites. Wrong. Yeah. I, I, I wrote it down wrong. I'm looking at it here. Uh Giants yeah. win twenty seven twenty one outright winner winner yeah. chicken deer. So your season record on this podcast is eight and four. And your locks are two and two, just like you. Okay. Well, there we go. With that information, with that information, we press into the week. Okay. Before we get to our picks, let's talk about some general topics. And you sent me your rundown, and I just promptly closed that window on my computer. Stand by. Here we go. Uh, Is the bloom off my football season? Says point number two. Fuck you. No, it's not. I'm getting ready to, to tear some ass. Okay, that question is done. I was was referring to the whiskey league. Oh, the whiskey league. Yeah, that's done. I'm I'm out. I'm out. But as I said, as I said to Church, and 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 you'll hear him coming up in just a second. My scraps garnered nearly eight hundred dollars in free agent money, so I feel pretty good about that. I feel like I fell off the roof putting up Christmas lights and died, but my heart, my lungs, my liver, my kidney—they're all harvested. And sent to worthy people. 
I guess. Okay. Well, I'm out. Shit happens. Yeah. Don't act like yep. all cocky like you're going to win the league. No. You going to win the league again? <laughs> back to back. <laughs> yeah. That's no. more whiskey than you or Mrs. X needs. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Okay. What happened with the 3-0s and O's and the 0-3s, and meaning the yeah. perfect teams yeah. and the winless teams? Well, it was interesting because uh, of the perfect teams, they pretty much all lost except one, and that's because they were head-to-head with the Cardinals, um, nine, um, Rams. So they all dropped and what, were down to only one 4-0 team. That seems pretty early to be down to one uh, unbeaten team. Um, and three out of the five that hadn't won that looked like absolute crap. Three out of the five last week won outright. So, you know, it is a uh, eight-and-a-half and, and eight-and-a-half league, no matter how we look at it. Right. I mean, what heck, both the Jets and the Giants win games outright in overtime. Yeah, that's how it goes. Uh, the Panthers' fantastic defense, not so great when they're not facing a rookie or a debuting quarterback with a new team. They faced a really good one in Dak Prescott and an offense that is humming, and they took the brunt of it. Yeah, back to back to the NFL. I mean, yeah, everybody was raving about that defense. I was a little, I wasn't really convinced that beating Davis Mills and um, Wilson in his debut right. was enough to sell me. And maybe they will be really good, but uh, they weren't nearly as good as a lot thought. That's for sure. Game of the week is Sunday night, in most people's opinions. Even though it doesn't feature two three and one teams like some other matchups, it's Buffalo at Kansas City in Kansas City. Chiefs are minus two and a half, and it is a rematch of last year's AFC Championship game. Do you think stumbling out to one and two could have helped Kansas City in some way? I almost do. I, I mean, you know, they always say it's it's always better to win than lose. But as a post-Super Bowl team that people thought were going to, you know, win 15 games, it's not just being one and two. It's waking up and saying, we're in last place in our division. Mm-hmm. That can't hurt them i mean it's almost i almost think it is going to get them a little bit on track um falling into last place uh, in their division so quickly I mean, they sure looked a lot better last week but uh if there is such a thing as good to be one and two it may have helped them in the long run okay uh meanwhile the demise of big ben <laughs> and pittsburgh seems to be going according to what many pundits expected yeah, I have to admit I'm glad on that one. On your pod, I picked when you asked me for one season total, I said pit to fall apart. It's a long way from falling apart, but it's certainly starting to fall. Yeah, right. And when it does fall apart, it'll be ugly. Fields, Lance, Lawrence, yeah. Wilson, these rookies, are they really ready to play? Uh, a lot of teams now just shove their rookie out there as soon as possible because why wait in this day and age? Well, yeah, it's the cap rule of uh, why'd you spend that money to put him on the bench? If mm-hmm. you're going to spend it, let's go. And, you know, it's it's what they do. And I, I know it's way early. Of course, it's way too early for all of them. But you, you can't really say any of those four really look ready yet. Um, you know, none of those teams have a guy that looks good. I mean, the Patriots were the what? I think pretty sure they drafted the fifth quarterback. They did. And he's the only one that looks ready. He is. He is absolutely the only one that looks ready right now. I was actually quite impressed in that were game. Were they lucky that they drafted fifth, or would they have picked him if you know if they? Did? Whenever you pick a guy in the draft, you always say it's who we wanted. Yeah. You never say, "Well, he was fifth on our board, but the other four were gone." <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know. 
tough they to say. Would see that good guy. Uh, TB12 in Foxborough. You had a family vote prior to the matchup. What was it about? Well, you asked me last week. Uh, we talked about, you know, do you want Brady or do you want the Patriots? And that got me thinking. So I texted the family chat and said, okay, who's on what side before that game? It kind of surprised me. It kind of surprised me because I think kids, younger kids these days are all about fantasy and, and players. Yes. And our generation is about die hard with our teams. Mm-hmm. It came out a little different, I thought. Like X3 immediately chimed in. Patriots, damn it, I don't care who they're playing. That surprised me. Okay. Um, X2, of course, chimed in. I don't care what he does as long as um, Tampa doesn't win by more than six. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, my parents both chimed. The old geezers, they both chimed in that they were uh, Brady, which really surprised me. Had it backwards. So interesting. I couldn't decide myself. I'm, I'm just a, I don't have to pick kind of guy. I like them both. So. Right. Who do you think won the split? Is it by default Brady because he's got a ring? What do you mean won the? Who won the split? Belichick or Brady? Oh, you know, jury's still out. I mean, yeah, you know what? Let's be fair. Brady knew what the hell he was doing. He went to a team that was absolutely loaded on offense and needed one thing, and it was him. I mean, was that a brilliant place to go? Heck yes. Hey, I'm better than Jameis Winston. Okay, good for you. But it's still that age old. I mean, and a coach, it's going to be over time. Time will tell if Belichick can still win. And results Um, always dictate narratives. And had the result, had he lost in, you know, Green Bay, the narrative would be different. You could say, but he didn't lose. And I'm like, you're right. But just right. in terms of the evaluation of who made the right call. And we'll see. When do you think the cliff is coming for Brady? When? What age? <laughs> well, it's, well we're, we're four years into your prediction. Of I, coming, I think it's right? more than four. <laughs> I think it's more than I four. I think it's the fourth year of the podcast. So I'm I, don't not, I now believe he'll play till 50. I, it's it's you know what he why not play as long as he wants to play yeah because you can't but, hit guys now well that that certainly helps that's for sure and uh you know protections do help but i mean it's the same for everybody else and they're not still playing it's the same for drew Brees. you know it's the same for all the other qbs and they still yeah. retire but we'll see i mean you can say that when you want to compare him to somebody of another generation that's a valid compare you know valid rule change but everybody in the last you know, a couple of years, they've all got the same thing. It's, but, it, you know, it's crazy. He, it's it's a cerebral position, and he's smarter now than he ever was. Yeah. So he's got right. that. And, and when it comes to coaches, you know, we always evaluate coaches. You know, whenever a coach has a – in any sport, has a team that's loaded with studs, we tend to downplay the coach. We always like to pick coach of the year of a guy who takes a bad team and makes them good. So, hey – there's nobody that thought the Patriots were talented last year. So last you know, year, there's no nobody should do any analysis on last year whatsoever. With all the COVID opt outs, with well, no fans in the stands, with the road team winning a record percentage of games because of that very fact, you're an idiot to take any data. It's a it's a spoiled data set. Twenty twenty, throw it out. You know. That's that's a very valid way to look at it. If I wanted to, what did you say, be the ad, devil's advocate, I would say all those things we always factor into home and away, like sleeping in your own bed and the travel and this. And I've always said they are nothing in comparison to the impact on officials of a home crowd. Yes. And last year, if you want to count it, last year would certainly 
you know, push the meter towards the, yeah, without the crowd, the refs didn't seem to call it for the home team, did they? Right. So you could make that case. They played a game on a Wednesday because of COVID. <laughs> they played a game making a team, the Broncos, start a wide receiver at quarterback because their regular quarterbacks got caught flouting the rules regarding social distancing. It was not a real year. It was as yeah. unreal a year as the strike year, essentially. Not quite, but so, almost. Okay, let's get to our plays of the week. And first of all, it's uh, not exactly the sexiest of weeks. No. But guess no, what? I had a hard time finding good games, but we're going to spend 12 well, hours watching that anyway. What do you mean good games? <laughs> the, to, to my eye, they're all professional games. There's no barnstorming okay. teams in there. No semi-pro teams. Uh, they're all pro teams, and there's point spreads on every game, meaning you can wager on them. And it's uh, tackle football. So they're all good games. Games we kill for during the long let's off season. It, sure. Let's put it this way. When you when I have to make that choice of which three do you put on the TV at a time, sometimes you're like, oh, gosh, there's five I want to see. This, this week I look at it and go, well, that's one. Right. Uh, there's another one, maybe. <laughs> so there's no right. exciting ones for some reason to me. Right. But, Here but we we're going to watch them. Here we go. Here are my three plays for the week. I'm getting back on the winning track. 3-0, and guaranteed. Our next week's picks are absolutely free on this pot. They're already free, and they stink. Okay. Thanks for that heckling. Here we go. My, my favorite play of the week, Vegas minus 5.5 against Chicago. They just named Justin Fields the starter for the foreseeable future. Good for him. He came back with a much better game in their upset win last week over the Lions. However, first road game for Fields. And while there'll be a lot of Bears fans, no doubt, uh, in Vegas for this game, I just think that Vegas defensively is pretty good, all things considered. They got down 21-0 on the Rams, but then they dropped anchor, and they almost made a comeback. I mean, they got down to 21-14. to That says to me the defense has got some grit to it because that's a high-powered Rams offense. Yeah, it would be better if they didn't go down 21-0, but I like Vegas defensively more than some people do. No David Montgomery as well for Chicago. I think this is a quick recorrection to closer to the mean, and I do not like Chicago at all. I'll take Vegas minus 5.5. Pick number two, my underdog play of the week. This is is a pseudo-system play. And I make up these phony-ass system plays. This team with this condition, blah, 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 is 17-92-5, and and that's a joke, as everybody knows. This is a pseudo-system play. You ready? Bengals plus three at home against the Packers. Why? System play. Under Rodgers, the Packers play tier two AFC opponents like shit on the road. So specifically, must be an AFC opponent, must be a scub or scubbish team, and it's got to be on the road. I went back and looked at this because my anecdotal brain said, they don't play these AFC teams on the road well. Sure enough, let me walk you through it. 2018, against the 4-11 and Jets, they had to go to overtime and they won 44 to 38. Should have never been that close. In 2017, the Packers were at 0 and 13 Cleveland and had to win in overtime again, 27 21. In 2016, they were at Jacksonville, week one. They lost 27 
or they won 27-23, but it was way too close. Tennessee in 2016 on the road. They're a 5-5 five and five team, Tennessee, at the time. They got killed 47-25. to 25. In 2014, at 2-3 and three Miami, they eked out a three-point win, 27-24. In 2014 as well, they're at 8-6 and six Buffalo. They got beat 21 to 13 they lost at cincinnati in 2013 the last time they played 34 30 in 2012 at indianapolis they lost 30 to 27 in 2011 the packers at kansas city with kyle orton and sub 500 they're six and eight kansas city they lost that game 19 to 14 they don't play the so-called scub team's from the AFC, on the road well. And you might say, well, wait a minute. The Bengals aren't a scub team. They're 3-1. and one. You're right. But they carry that sort of scub atmosphere, that persona. They're a good team, the Bengals. They're going to give the Packers all they want. I wouldn't be shocked if they win this game. I'm taking them as my underdog play, Bengals plus three. Now for my lock of the week. Niners plus five at Arizona. Every bit of football logic says... Arizona, Arizona, are you crazy, Arizona? Murray's playing great. They got Trey Lance possibly making his first start. They're not sure about Garoppolo as we tape this on a Thursday afternoon. It's on the road. Niners have lost two in a row. They're already dealing with the injuries in certain key spots. But Arizona has not been 5-0 and Mr. X since 1974 when they were in a different city and had Don Coryell as their head coach. That's right. The old Jim Hart. Terry Metcalf, Mel Gray, St. Louis Cardinals. Last time they were 5-0. This is a self-correcting league. Like a Frisbee. If you throw it one way and it sort of like self-corrects and then straightens out, guess what? Self-correcting move. Niners plus five because it makes zero sense whatsoever. Those are my three picks. Vegas minus five and a half. Bengals plus three. Niners plus five. The floor is yours. Hold on. Tier two, Bengals. Okay. How many tiers are in there when you say they're a tier two team? Two. Just a a non-competitive AFC team on the road. Rodgers and the Packers have played like shit historically against them. Watch. It's going to happen again. They're they're without Jair Alexander. They're without Jair, most likely without Jair Alexander. Uh, He might be done for the season. Their best defensive player, best corner, and uh, the kid from LSU who's dropping it all August actually can catch it now. Catch, catch it? He can catch it now. Catch it and catch it. He can catch um, it and he can catch it. Right. <laughs> I got a question on there. Yeah. The yes, this sir. is a Thursday. Yes. If this came down to Saturday or Sunday, would you change your mind based on who starts at quarterback for San Fran? No. Are you saying you like them with Fields, or are you liking if, if Field? You know, no, I'm no, no. Curious. My lock is the Niners plus five. Right, but does it matter to you if it's Garoppolo or Fields? It's not Fields; it's Lance. But I'm yeah, sorry, Garoppolo or Lance. Yes, sorry. No, it doesn't matter, and here's why. It doesn't matter. That's what here's I want to understand. Here's why. It it it's one of these things where. Everyone and their brother looks at it like this is easy pickings. This is a this is how the league works. I said it's a self correcting league. They're they're not going five and zero. Oh, the the Cardinals aren't. They're okay. not. Mark, so you're words. in with them no matter who's it could be. Ride or die, ride or die. Okay. Niners plus five. I'm not basing this on football logic. I said all the football <laughs> logic says take Arizona. Okay. Can't argue with that. I mean, if you Here's went if you handicapped this game via football logic, Arizona would be minus ten. 
They're not. Mm. Okay. Here's that you that description made me think of a the best handicapper I've ever seen. I'll tell you that after I give you my three picks. All right. What where I'm going this where I'm going this week is once again I'm going to take Denver. They're like Pickham versus Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh. Okay. I think those are two teams going in opposite directions. I don't think Pitt's ready to correct anything yet. And people soured on Denver after last week. I will take Denver in a bounce back. Is that why Denver's not a not a small favorite that they finally lost? I mean, they're three and one, and they're going to a one and three opponent. Yeah, should be um, minus two or minus three historically. Well, yeah, I, I, I you can. That's a pretty good case. Uh, Denver, I, they did not look good versus no. um, or what was it? Ravens, Ravens yeah. And, um, yeah, and by the way, how about speaking of that? How about did you already talk about the whole Harbaugh thing? I did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, my take is fuck Vic Fangio. Nobody died. They wanted a record. Doesn't affect you. You'll live. Get over it. Okay. Um, so I'll get Denver in that one. I will take, again, I will take the Lions catching nine and a half. It'll be ten by Sunday. I'll take the, the Lions at Minnesota. Catching Lions nine and a half. plus nine and a half at Minnesota. Okay. And Minnesota's just not good enough to win by double digits there. Um, I tend and, to agree. And, and Detroit being one of the two teams left, Winless. I think, that have won yeah. a game. Yeah, 0-4. Uh, Self-correcting league. Watch out. Right? Yeah, there you yeah. go. So now, do you, do you dare throw in with Jacksonville coming off a scandal with their head coach? Is there a system play? Coaches videotaped grinding on 20-year-old asses at home well, following a Thursday game. <laughs> When catching yeah. seven or more points. Well, you know, I got a lot of emails from guys this week saying, you know, this, this has got to be a distraction. I got to go against the Jaguars this week. And that number is only four, four and a half. versus Tennessee. Yeah. Four and a half, four. Yeah, that's right. And that's I not even seven. Things. That's weird. That is a, I don't like Tennessee right now. And I said, do you really think it's a distraction? I mean, that implies that Urban Meyer brings a lot to the um, – field every day right i mean he's not a x's and o's guy he's a quote you know big picture organizational culture guy uh, it's hard to say that funny culture guy right <laughs> yeah. and i said in all honesty he probably got you know some what, what do you call it street cred in that locker room <laughs> i don't think there's a distraction i think the, what was it today um what do you call that dance moves abe help me out what do you call it the kids call it the thing he was doing the dougie flossing dougie. Something else. My son told me today that the Jags, when they break the huddle in practice, you know, you usually say when you ready to break, they've been saying that like one or three Dougie when they come out of the huddle. <laughs> so to the players, the players could care less about that. If if nothing else, they're like, yeah, the old man's not such a stick in the mud, and whatever. Um, so, but my uh, lock of the week is actually going to fast forward to Monday night. I'm going to take the Colts plus seven. At the Ravens. Interesting. I think that's a competitive game. I'm not positive the Ravens are that much better than the Colts, and uh, I'll take that touchdown. Okay. Now, back to my one thing. When you were going on on San Francisco, I don't know if I've told you this. Do you know who was the absolute best at picking games I ever saw? Who? Joe Jackson Gibbs. Shut up. No, I'm serious. He didn't. He, pick, he would pretend to not know the spread. How would he know how to pick no, no, games? No, no, that's what he was coaching. 
But after he retired, after 1.0 retired, they used to have, this was the craziest thing. And this was back in that day when, you know, gambling was still not allowed to be talked about. Right. And they used to have the pregame show on NBC and they had like Ditka and Gibbs and somebody else. And I swear to God, this is a funny story. They used to hold off on their picks, and they didn't quite use the words point spread, but you could tell they were. And he was damn good. He he would get really? he pick one game every week, and he was dead on. And I, as a youngster, I would sit there with the phone. They wouldn't make that pick till twelve fifty eight, so there's no time to do anything. And I would sit there with that phone, half ass dial, waiting for Gibbs. <laughs> waiting for Gibbs. I would and then boom, nail it. He was very good because he cared about which guy was going to beat which guy and not who did what seven years ago. Fair enough. Call me MrX.com is how you reach him. College football picks as well, fresh and up to the minute on Saturday morning. Mr. X, as always, a pleasure. Good luck and only bet as much. Yeah, not more than you can afford to win. There you go. See you next week. Bye. Winning season is rolling at MyBookie, and this week, entries are now open for the winner-take-all Super Contest. MyBookie is the only sportsbook that offers online Super Contests, so you can't miss out on this exclusive promotion. Enter now and turn $10 into 10000 Weeks 5 through 8 make 5 picks against the spread. Get them right? Earn points and rise up the standings to take home the $10,000 grand prize. Packers, Bucks, Titans, Vikings, Ravens, boom, you're already set. And if you need another reason to head to mybookie.ag to celebrate the start of the MLB playoffs, mybookie is hosting a $20,000 blackjack tournament that is absolutely free to enter. Winning season is here, so get in on the game and get to mybookie.ag now. Use my promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and when you make your first deposit at mybookie, you'll receive double your deposit. That's promo code ZABE, so you can double your funds to double your winnings. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is where the DJ talks. Don't say anything. Okay. Let's see if he gets it. Okay. Good day and welcome to our single. I'm Bob McKenzie and this is my brother Doug. How's it going, eh? Hello. Didn't pick up in time for the Lou Cuckoo Cuckoo Cuckoos. My fault. It's all right, though. I'll take the full heat on that. It's not your fault. It's just timing in life. 
You know, they say timing is very is everything. Is everything in life. Everything. Yeah, it's a very important right? <laughs> it's not everything, as you well know, as a man of success and experience in life. Preparation plus opportunity equals luck. Right? Yes, yes. That is true, too. Or that's, it? it's the other way around. Luck equals preparation plus opportunity. But it's, uh, it, it's the same either way, right? It kind of is. Uh, but what, you, what is is that more true or comedy equals tragedy, tragedy plus, plus time? time. Yeah. Uh, or it could be a procedure is something that is happening to somebody else. An operation <laughs> is what is happening to you. Oh, it's yes. just a procedure. procedure. You'll be fine. <laughs> yes, right. It's uh, it's always it's minor surgery when it's on somebody else. That's right. When they want to say, "Oh, it's nothing," you ask, "Well, could I do this myself?" Oh, no, no, not in a million years. Oh, well, then it's a then it's an operation. Then it's something. <laughs> That's <more> right. <laughs> If you had, if you had to perform surgery on a minor surgery on yourself, what like would you, you choose? Know, yeah, what would you know? You've got to like break. You've got to break the skin. Pimple you popping. Like go, oh, Pimple God. popping would be about the extent of it, and even that is quite problematic. Do you ever watch Doctor Pimple Popper? Um, no, but I know that there's a cult of people out there that love watching <laughs> yes. the the pimple popping, and they've got all the, you know the specialized devices like the loop hook thing. Oh, and yeah. oh god, they're that's like there's oh. a whole subcult of oh, yeah. pimple poppers. It's absolutely fascinating and disgusting beyond belief. My wife, who is generally fairly squeamish, will yeah. watch that show with rapt attention to be fascinated Wait. by it. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's a TV show. Yeah. I did not know that. I thought this was just like YouTube oh. channels and Reddit threads. Oh, I didn't know there was a, a TV show about pimple popping. <laughs> Charge, I feel like I'm your tour guide as I walk you in hand in hand through a door to a magical world. Where you'll be, you'll look around like, oh my God, yeah. I mean, you'll a, be disgusted, but you'll be shocked. Her name is magical... Doctor. Her name is Doctor Sandra Lee. All right, I'm, better looking, known, I'm googling right now. Better known as Doctor Pimple Popper, and she has <laughs> an actual uh, cable TV show. I I don't know what channel it's on. Probably, um, what is it on here? Uh, TLC. TLC. Dr. Pimple Popper. She is uh, a- I just I just YouTubed it. And by the way, it takes a lot for YouTube to put up a warning before you <laughs> do something. I mean, you know, this is, they'll let pretty much anything go. But there's a warning on here that says, many people find this to be disturbing. Do you sure you want to continue? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. No. She is a she is a sporty, impossibly upbeat and friendly dermatologist that pops pimples. That sort of looks like a cross or a knockoff between Lucy Liu and perhaps uh, I don't know some other actress of either Asian or Hispanic heritage. She's a you know, she's a dynamo, and boy does she suck the goo out of these cysts. The oh. pimples, all kinds of stuff. 
oh god, I'm watching it now. It's and this uh-huh. is just a this is just a run of the mill blackhead, and it's a bloody affair. <laughs> it it's there's yes. there are murder scenes with less blood than this, and this and, is, again just a regular old blackhead right here. Yeah, and what's oh. crazy is that there's so many different ways your skin can go wrong and can go bad and can have sort of you know growths and adhesions and lesions and 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 things that are uh, ingrown and all hairs and everything else and they're hard to resolve. You would think that just popping a pimple, taping up your skin so to speak medically yeah. and then letting it heal will be fine. No, not so much. There are some no. conditions skin-wise that are truly horrifying. Like literally from the biblical seventh circle of hell. Oh, God. And it's in you. It's in, in your you. body, Zabe. Right. I'm looking at what she's pulling out of this person. And uh, the thought that that thing is inside you is just, well, it's alien and off-putting. I know. Well, the thing is, she gets a lot of clients who have put it off and put it off and mm-hmm. put it off. They've lived with this stuff forever because maybe they don't have very much money or health insurance and they live outside, you know, normal <laughs> Sitting yeah, well, bounds. your health. Okay, your health insurance is never going to cover this, right? Uh, you know, it when you, when, no, it well, should. You pimp it, pop, popping your pimples uh, should be covered charge, by insurance. Charge. charge. Well, we mean, should, hold on a second. I'm all for the insurance being more lean and mean and not covering shit that is not truly health insurance because that way it'd be mm-hmm. cheaper for all of us. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but this is an actual health issue. People come in with pimples the size of softballs growing on their neck. What are they yeah, supposed to do? Cool. That, Handle uh, that themselves? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, how yeah. could you? Right. You know, to go back to the beginning, if you had to, could you? Let's say you had the pimple that is basically a second nose right next to your nose. Well, and done it you're in, you, you've done it before. Everyone's popped a pimple of a certain size before. So I'm saying that is the that is the maximum amount of self surgery I could ever do. You could pop that pimple. It's I, I I'm I'm looking it at this. It depends on the size of the pimple. Oh God, I just, I I got to stop watching Zabe. Okay, it's, sorry. It's, you know it's what? So I'm, now, I'm now I, but let I'm now I'm sorry I let you in on this. Sort of like I'm sorry that I pointed out to my listeners that Al Michaels whines a bit when he makes his calls because now people can't unhear <laughs> it. All they hear. Or that That's I told people, listen to how many times Troy Aikman says "good job" or some variant of that, and now they're like, Jesus, I can't unhear it. That you, oh, I saw. It. I did you tweet the count on that? Oh did yeah, you see that last yeah. last Monday night, I believe. Yeah, I've got a guy. That's, I got a listener Sunday now night. who has taken yeah. it upon himself to compile the C A B S the or no the A C B S the Aikman cliche box score, <laughs> and it's bad. It's it is bad. Bad. Yeah. Somebody did that to me with Welcome Back. I hadn't realized years ago how often I brought back listeners from commercial Welcome back. by saying, you know, welcome back. You know, welcome back to Fantasy Football Weekly, blah, 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 blah whatever. And somebody busted me on it, did it. Yeah. And you know what? It changed me. So I welcome it. I don't think Troy Aikman would be so accommodating. I try to come back. My philosophy in radio is I try to, what I do is I say, I like to come back with value. So the mm. music starts, rejoin, there might be a, a stinger or a liner there. I don't need to tell people we're back. You know that. 
and I don't need to mm-hmm. tell people who I am. The liner should have done that. So I will come back with just straight content, you know, so stinger out and yeah. I'll go, Cowboys are now a 10 and a half point favorite against Carolina with so-and-so out due to injury. And then I'll reset after that nugget of information. So that's that the very first good. thing listeners hear is value or content or something more than just formatics. I like that. That's very smart. I'm going to, I'm totally going to steal that. And sure. I, I don't, yeah. Uh, okay. Wait, one last thing on pimple popper, doctor. <laughs> you can't stop now. I, I know it's now. <laughs> so, okay. She's very attractive, yeah. right? Asian. She, I don't know if she's single not, or not. It, what would it take? What, how, what would it take to get you to go from the person who she's she's popping your pimples to getting her on a date coming out of that same that same appointment you would have to be the 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 greatest like you know lothario is that the word lothario yeah the greatest it, it, like ever how would you how could you possibly get from that point where the hot doctor with tons of options is is popping your pimples to the point that you have the guts to ask her out to make your way and she says yes it would be the it would be the all time greatest move ever. I that would be something else. Imagine going on a date with her and saying, "So, babe, how was your day at work?" Oh my god, let me tell you. <laughs> I I had a I had a I had a patient with rhinoplasphasia, and I had to remove a six inch cyst that had oh. co joined with his tear ducts, and there was blood and. There- <laughs> but you know what? When she says it, that might be kind of hot. Yeah, that might be. Yeah, I, yeah, she's a spitfire. But maybe she doesn't. Maybe she all she can talk about is pimples. Maybe she is so focused on. Oh it. God, yeah. Wouldn't that be the worst? Right? Yeah, what bad. you know? Like you're in the middle. You're 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 in, you're in bed, and she won't shut up about the pimples. <laughs> oh God! Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's talk some fantasy before I've got a feature set for you. On did you know why dot 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 something is the way it is in sports? I got a list of things, and you can add to them or comment on them right. as you see fit. But when it comes to the NFL, there's two big one release, one trade on Wednesday that kind of shook people up. Jalen Smith, linebacker out of Notre Dame who blew up his knee right before the draft, was going to be yeah. easily a lottery pick, was still taken late first round by the Cowboys, sat out a whole first year, rehabbed his ass off, came back, made himself into a nice linebacker that made the Pro Bowl for what it's worth mm-hmm. in 2019, but had fallen out of favor this year with younger, more talented linebackers and was expendable by a Cowboys defense that you would have never thought that they would have thought anybody was expendable given how bad they've been the last couple of years. But he was, despite the $7 million salary he is owed. Now, he has a like a bigger guaranteed for injury number of $9 million that the Cowboys were worried about. They allegedly asked him to drop that, and he's like, no. <laughs> right. <laughs> so they cut him. And he is now purportedly on the short list for the Packers. That yes. deal, as of this taping right now on a Wednesday night, is not done. So by the time you hear this on Friday morning, as part of the Friday football extravaganza with Mr. X in charge, it'll be old news. But that said, he was one guy. The other one was Stefan Gilmore, who was coming off the pup list, a cornerback extraordinaire for the Patriots, flat out released. 
Actually, not released. He was going to be released, and then he was traded for a mere sixth-round pick in 2023 to the Carolina Panthers. Yes. Um, the Smith one to me was more surprising because he's healthy and he's playing and he's good. He has the fourth highest pro football focus rating in coverage for linebackers. Really? Like who just lets that go? And that explains, by the way, why uh, your Packers are interested because their past defense has been bad and they may yes. be looking at a long time without Jair Alexander. So you can see why they're, why they're interested right now. Um, you know, this now Gilmore, on the other hand, is pretty weird how this turned out. Almost never does a team like basically just come out and say, yeah, we're cutting a guy and then you get anything for him, even if it is right. a six round draft pick two years from now. Um, almost never does it end up actually but working out that there way. was enough of a market when people heard that they started ringing Belichick's phone off the hook and they said, Must OK, hold been. on a second. Yeah, you're right. That is extremely rare. Once you put a couch on the curb in the NFL, you're not getting a dollar for it. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Wait, once once you tell all your buddies that your girlfriend's got herpes, even when she's available, <laughs> they're not interested. Yeah, exactly. So interesting time. You know, the two things that strike me, first of all, the Patriots are gangsters, Right. They know things, they have reasons that have for years have gone beyond the average Joe fan or even media member that covers the team, right? Well, okay, yes and no. As a front office, they've made tons of blunders. All right, let's go through them. All right, let's start here. Back up only, uh, only two years. Heading into the 2020 draft, which everybody knew was going to be the deepest draft of wide receivers, like history of the league, deep draft, with you know, which would end up yielding CeeDee Lamb and T. Higgins and Justin Jefferson, many others. The Patriots traded a second rounder for Mohamed Sanu. Yeah. And then cut him in the offseason. That was he bad. was on the team. He was on the team for like, you know, 10 games, and they they ended up cutting him. The Patriots' first-round pick blunders are epic, epic. They've gotten, like, you know, I'm, this is off the top of my head. Out of, like, the last 10 years, they've gotten, like, I don't know, 25 games or something out of their first-round picks. I mean, the, the you know, Enkeel Harry's and, you know, these their inability en- to get en-keel. a – Anything. Enkeel Harry. Enkeel. It's been a disaster. So, you know, it's – this is one of the things – Belichick it just steamrolls the alleged GMs that, these, that this team has and just does whatever he wants, and a lot of, a lot of the time it's really stupid. All right, so, well, first-rounders for the Patriots here. So, Mac Jones looks like he's turning out. Yeah, he right. seems to be okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, no pick in 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, let's see, footnote KK. Where did that one go? Uh, they traded their number 23 overall to the Chargers. Don't know what the, that deal was involved in, but okay. Uh, yeah. 2019, N. Keel Harry. N. Keel Harry, <laughs> yes. And, yep. and he was taken 32nd overall. By the way. Their first rounders have typically been at the end of the first round, you know. Yeah, that that is part that of it. That sort of hurts but their still, their but record. these guys, but these guys aren't even playing for the most part. That's the crazy thing is how little they get out of them. Now, who was the year year before? Oh, that, I'm walking. I'm walking backwards. Back they they had okay. two first rounders, both from Georgia. Mm-hmm. Offensive tackle Isaiah Wynn taken 23rd overall, yes. and then your guy Sony Walkman Sony yes. Michelle out of Georgia. 
30. Not even on the team. Not even on the team anymore. Isaiah Wynn um, maybe ends up with a good career, but was chronically injured for his first couple of years and basically did nothing. Uh, They had no first-round pick in 2017 or 2016. They took Malcolm Brown 32nd in 2015, defensive tackle. They took Dominique Easley 29th overall in 2014, defensive tackle. No pick in 2013. You have to get down to the 2012 draft of Chandler Jones at 21 and Dante Hightower at 25 to get production. Right. And Chandler Jones, they traded away too. And Hightower never did much of anything. Yeah. It's a, um, it is a, this has been a bad, bad. So maybe they'll, so maybe they'll fuck up on this as well. Quite possible. We don't yeah. know. I, it's not past Belichick to screw this up. Yeah. Uh, greatest coach of all time. Right. I mean, you know, the is there, modern Lombardi, I believe it. For sure. And, you know, but as a general manager, because because it's a two it's two totally different jobs that are full time jobs where you stay in the office till 11 o'clock. You know, general manager is a different skill set, a different job. But yet Bill Belichick is the one sitting at his kitchen table with his dog (laughs) making picks for the team. Yeah. Although I believe their front office structure is a little bit more diffuse and a little bit more shared in their decision-making. I don't if, think he's the de facto GM GM. Oh, so you think there is no, somebody don't. else in that organization that goes up to Bill Belichick and says, that guy you want? Nah, I don't think so. I, I got a guy I like better. I, I don't necessarily think that that's how it works. I'll have to ask somebody. He doesn't have the title of GM, I don't believe. No, right. He is the de facto well, okay. GM. Right, we'll see and we'll I just see. like to say, I like to say de, de facto. facto. Yes, exactly. All right. Uh, fantasy mm-hmm. football. I'm out of guillotine league. Yeah, I'd, I'd be, I deserve to be out. I, I knew my team sucked the minute the ink was dry on the draft. And I missed out on several acquisitions that could have helped me. And this week was fatal because... Tight end Logan Thomas got hurt right away and gave me a zero for the Redskins against a shit defense in Atlanta. That hurt. And then also, uh, I I did not start Randall Cobb, who had done jack shit for me the first three weeks. Why would you? On a hunch. On a hunch. That's all it could have been. That's all it could have been. And and I I deserve to lose. I deserve to be bounced. And you were the one that just escaped me. I take comfort that it was me and you down to the wire on Monday night because you're a certified bona fide fantasy expert. I'm an asshole who didn't do my homework this year. And so I'm out. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I'd like to, I'd like to offer, have a better excuse for my team performing as badly as it did, but I felt bad that it had come at your expense. But yeah, I just had, I had one of those weeks where my entire roster had one touchdown and it was Kirk cousins, a passing touchdown from Kirk cousins. That was it. Wow. Yeah. And that, happens and that's why guillotine leagues are fucking great it's a wild ride you go from being walked to the dais to get chopped and then escaping like rasputin and then the next week you're kicking ass because things have locked in you've added a player and now you're good that's why it's It's, it it is fun and i i feel bad your team went down with how much of your of your bidding money left did you remember Uh, what your situation was seven hundred dollars at least yeah that's the hard part you know if you're gonna win, you gotta keep a lot of powder dry. We're way you too do. early in the process for me to be blowing cash. 
too much. You can't. You got to be careful about how much you spend for sure. But if you're, you know, if your team's in trouble, then you, you got to spend. And you know, yeah. that's the it's the hard part when knowing when to spend is not easy. And your team, by the way, it was not that bad of a team. Yeah. You had Nick Chubb, you had C.D. Lamb, you had Adam Thielen. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good foundation. Yeah. <laughs> it well, really is. They will be bet upon by you guys today. In fact, you should have bet on them today. Don't know uh, who took already them. did. You want to know what your players went for? Please do, yes. Okay, let's take a look here. Uh, Fab report. Well, th- wouldn't you know what? Nick Chubb ended up on my team. <laughs> I want to thank you for that. You're $272 welcome. $272 later. Enjoy I was the, bind. Enjoy the Chubster. There's, there's way too many Kareem Hunt carries in that backfield for my liking, but okay. Chubb always still gets his, and he is he is a great back. Adam Thielen drained 171 out of the bankrolls. CeeDee Lamb pulled out 160. Okay. Your Zach Moss, 150 Damn. to Zach Moss uh, from, from your team. You had Melvin Gordon, $76 out of your team. Somebody actually bid on uh, on uh, Logan Thomas, maybe not realizing he's hurt. <laughs> he's on the IR now. <laughs> he's on the IR. And then I went in and got your Taylor Heineke for 3 bucks. <laughs> $3. <laughs> Three bucks, and he was good. He got you twenty-seven points last week. So in totality, that's about uh, six hundred dollars that your players drained out of the league immediately. So that's how okay. you know your team was not bad. So we should have a booby prize, something, a bag of Skittles for the team that gets chopped that produces the most in free agent money. Eh? Oh, I like that bag yes. of Skittles. Uh-huh. A little bit of a consolation prize. I don't know if I'm the high winner on that so far, but okay, that does kind of make me feel a little bit better. By the way, Logan Thomas, uh, four weeks gone at least for the Wolfskins on the uh, injured report. That's a that's a big loss, big loss. Okay. Uh, they'll have to find somebody who can catch a pass that is not uh, Terry McLaurin for you know this Diami Diami Brown. He could step. Diami Brown, you know, yeah, Diami Brown. That'd be nice. Okay, question: Do you know why? Dot dot dot. Here's some things in sports I get questions about, and I'm going to answer them for people right now. You ready? Somebody asked me, why is there no two-minute warning in college football? There is in the pros. Why no two-minute warning? I thought there was. I'm embarrassed to say. You know what? Don't be embarrassed. I had to check it. I was like, I don't think there is, and there's not. Do you know why there is not? They don't need to run the commercials. Well, they, they do, do need to, but all football games used to have warnings, a four-minute warning because the clock was kept by the referee on his wrist. There was oh. no stadium clock. And, okay. then, and then it became a two-minute warning, but then with the advent of modern stadium score clocks, they didn't feel the need to keep those, at least in college, but they did in the pros because the TV executives at the time said, ooh, we want to keep it for a typical spot break, and it adds tension to the final moments of each half. And it Which now is, is a huge strategic element as well, yes. providing an extra soft fourth timeout for teams if they're yes. smart enough to have kept three, which they all should be. And strategic planning around that. For example, do you you know do you call timeout with at two o one? and have some team run a one-second play off the clock. You know, there's there's a lot of strategy around around the two-minute. I never knew that. There I always assumed it was – I assumed there was a good reason, but now it was just commercials. All right, now in, I know. In golf, do you know why tour players mark 
their golf balls with a Sharpie before they tee off in a professional event? No, I've seen it a million times, but I just assumed that I assumed that so many of them are playing Titleist that they don't want to be out there, you know, and there's they each got a Titleist three out there. Because you're right. In theory, there could be another make, model, and number found in the exact or near about same spot as your ball, and you don't know it's yours unless you say, Oh, I've got three red dots next yeah. to the number, kind of thing. Did you know in sports, do you know why? The sign "No Pepper Games" used to appear around the baseball backstop back yeah. of baseball diamonds. Pepper Games, for those that don't know, just three I guys, don't. three or four guys standing around. One guy with a small bat, fungo bat, just hitting little bunts to the players back and forth to kind of get them loose and little hand-eye coordination, catch the ball, kill time. It seemed like a dumb drill, but why do they used to have signs that say "No Pepper Games"? Well, apparently fans were. Is it where? And the signs were outside the stadium, right? Fans were, must have been they doing were, it. No, no, they were. They were inside the stadium, on like the backstop of the oh. wall behind the plate on either side of home plate. No pepper games. You know why? You no, never guess. I, I some don't say. Know why. Some say. Well, they, you know, the balls would fly into the stands and hurt people. No, because you know, you know, pepper. They well, they're bunting. You're just bunting it. Yeah. It was because it killed the grass with guys uh, standing in one place. Uh, while, and, and the groundskeepers are like, fuck this noise. I'm trying to keep this place looking clean. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they stopped that. Did you know why in sports Tom Landry wore a fedora? He did. I'm, you know, this is from, and you too, because you and I are very close uh, in age. This is from when we were kids growing up. You, of course, had the epic Gibbs-Landry matchups that right. were a big deal in Minnesota. I mean, it was you – know, this was arguably the greatest rivalry in football when when I was growing up was, was between your two teams. I always assumed he did it just out of personal preference. I didn't think there was a well, – I didn't think there reasons. was a particular reason. Two reasons. First, it started when he was a Giants assistant coach. And okay. number one was it got very cold during the football season, and he was bald. And so he mm -hmm. wanted to keep his head warm. Secondly, he was thinking ahead to a post-football life in the insurance business and decided it would look best you, to be – Really? It, yes, indeed. Uh, Tom Landry said it would best to look as professional and business-like as possible. So he wore a fedora to impress possible future employers no way when. god it's such a different world now <laughs> that he, is when crazy he, when he became the head coach of the cowboys some were urging him to switch to a cowboy hat but he decided oh, not to we know that of course bum phillips legendarily wore the cowboy hat on the sideline coaching the tex or the oilers bite yes. my tongue <laughs> right all right you can't get now just give me just as somebody that was lit that was i assume that you were you know i don't i you grew up in the you grew up in the dc area right yes yeah so i mean just give me some of the the big highlight moments of redskins cowboys oh i know danny no is one of the ultimate ones What's in that? which uh uh you could see tom landry who never he was unflappable on that sideline, arms crossed, fedora, calmly yeah. 
guiding his men to usually dominant victories, right? Yes. And Danny White, the quarterback at one point, was calling an audible on a play against the Redskins in the game, and it was something that Landry noticed he didn't want, and you could see Landry lose his cool on the sideline, start screaming, no, Danny, no, before the play blew up. We (laughs) We Redskin fans cherish that. It was one of the few times that we had actually gotten, you know, the calm, cool Tom Landry yeah. loses cool just a tiny little bit. And twas hardly a tirade of any sorts. No. Um, now the hat was obviously was it was a I always thought it was super classy, right? And made him look more sophisticated. Now in the NFL, as you know, Zabe, you can't wear a hat. You can't wear a suit coat. You have to wear uh pullover. You right. gotta wear like a basically a hoodie. Um, and that's it. That's, you know, at some point we've we've dressed down our coaches and the NBA to me was always special in that the coaches always look great. Right. And they all, they all had suits. They looked fantastic. And they they didn't yield to the pressure of having to use their coaches as marketing tools to go sell more hoodies. Right. But now in the past few days, yes. the NBA coaches have said, we don't want to wear the suits. We want the hoodies. I'm very disappointed by this. What, I just felt like this was like the one, the one, <laughs> the one little part of the NBA game that hasn't been fully commercialized yet was our coaches who looked classy. Uh, and now they're all going to be out there in freaking hoodies. I, yeah, no, they, they, they definitely caved. I, I know this big dry cleaning was furious with the decision <laughs> because every NBA team has literally seven or more head coach, assistant coaches, all wearing very elegant suits that yes. required dry cleaning. <laughs> and they're the only ones doing it anymore. Yeah. There's, so they, now they're there's going nothing to casu- left of that business. They're, they're going to casual wear. Did you ever see the Simpsons episode that riffed on Tom Landry's hat? Yes, I don't remember it, but I do remember. I remember it being in a Simpsons Homer, episode, but I don't Homer remember what it is anymore. Tom Landry's hat uh, from a shop called the Spend Zone while the family lived in Cypress Creek, where Homer was the manager of what turned out to be an evil uh, underground lair run by Serpico. <laughs> of course. Yeah, good stuff. Okay. Did that, you know why? Great. I love it. Did you know why linebackers in the NFL are called the Mike, the Willie, and the Sam? Yes, I do. Uh, that is your weak side, your strong side, and your middle. Yes. So that's why you have the M, the S, and the W. Yes, because coaches can't just say it's it's the middle linebacker or it's the strong no. side. Line. No, you got to give it a name. It's the Sam. We need to yes. block the Sam here to get a seal. Otherwise, this play doesn't work. All right. Do you know where the Gatorade bath came from? Yes, I do. That would have been Bill Parcells' Super Bowl 1986. Not Super Bowl. Jim oh. Burt told Rolling Stone it came against a win against Washington in 84 because oh. Burt and Harry Carson had wanted to pull a prank on Parcells after yeah. Parcells had been under their skin all week. <laughs> And so it became a phenomenon after the big win that they kept doing it, and then it became an iconic celebration when they did it at the Super Bowl in '86. '86 Super Bowl. Uh, All right, I'm taking. I'm gonna. I will will accept half 
half, half credit, answer, half, half credit, credit for that answer right there. Okay, and then last one: Do you know why Van Halen once insisted in their contract riders with venues when they played concerts that they must have a bowl of M and M's in their dressing room that contained no brown M and M's? I do. The reason. Van Halen has in their rider that there can be no brown M&Ms is not does has nothing to do with their, M&Ms. Nothing to do with M&Ms. their hatred of brown M&Ms, which, Correct. by the way, we can agree are kind of fucking pointless, right? <laughs> the, well, the fact that there's colors at all is pointless. <laughs> well, right? yeah, I mean, you'd never, you would never know. <laughs> I, well, wait a minute. I think the colors do taste different. No, 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 they do. No, they don't. That's that's crazy talk. That is a, next thing you know, you're going to be telling me the parts of the candy corn all taste different. Oh, don't that their different colors taste different. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is not true. Here, hold on. Um, Quora, does the color of an M&M change its taste? Uh, no. The answer is apparently no. no. It is. It is no. Um, let's back to the rider. It has nothing to do with the M&Ms. It has to do with them knowing somebody read the the rider closely and could take care of the band appropriately. Because if you if they showed up with a bunch of M&Ms that had all the colors and they know you didn't read the rider, they weren't going to be set up right for exactly. all the things they needed backstage. Exactly correct. They said it showed that the promoter had read the contract and was on point. And whenever they found brown M&Ms, they quickly then made sure to recheck all their sound, all their lighting, all their mixers, because they were worried something else would fuck up. That's it right. It was the canary, uh, the canary in the coal mine, or the brown M&Ms in the bowl backstage. I like it. Um, I and, and not only that, I mean, you know, the sound and the, the video, the pyrotechnics, that's all great now. But let's let's make sure that they got the the pile of Trojans set up just right <laughs> exactly. for David Lee Roth backstage. Um, I have a friend that's yeah. in this business, Sabe, and she has somebody whose job it is every night to attend to the needs of the bands. And what I have learned is it is a don't ask, don't tell job. Right. You is the as the liaison to the band on behalf of the venue. You just do whatever they need, they whatever they need, and you don't yes. tell anybody. The person who has this job is the person who's connected for whatever that band needs, exactly, and is willing to keep it to themselves, including stuff <laughs> they may not have asked for. Just provide it and see where Correct. it goes. Charge is always a pleasure, my friend. Good luck this weekend in the NFL and in fantasy. We are past the quarter pole. Even though there's 17 games this year, I'm calling the quarter pole still the quarter pole, and I'm calling the 17th game the bonus game. So let's hug this NFL season before it's gone. That is a deal. And when Nick Chubb, when I ride Nick Chubb to victory in the Whiskey League, I'm saving a bottle for you, Zabe. All right, Chubster. See you next week. Thanks, George. Bye-bye. And that'll do it for me this week. Thank you so much for listening and being part of the ZabeCast Nation. As always, subscribe and help support the podcast, or don't, and just freeload. Just kidding. I appreciate everybody who does subscribe, and I do not hold a grudge to anybody who says, "Eh, you know what, Zabe, I've got a lot of subscriptions out there. I need to keep a lid on it. In the meantime, have a great weekend. Enjoy all the football, college and pro. 
Bet with your head, no over it, as Mr. X and Furio likes to say. And we will see you on Monday. Winning season is rolling at MyBookie, and this week, entries are now open for the winner-take-all Super Contest. MyBookie is the only sportsbook that offers online Super Contests, so you can't miss out on this exclusive promotion. Enter now and turn $10 into 10000 Weeks 5 through 8 make 5 picks against the spread. Get them right! Earn points and rise up the standings to take home the $10,000 grand prize. Packers, Bucks, Titans, Vikings, Ravens, boom, you're already set! And if you need another reason to head to mybookie.ag to celebrate the start of the MLB playoffs, mybookie is hosting a $20,000 blackjack tournament that is absolutely free to enter. Winning season is here, so get in on the game and get to mybookie.ag now. Use my promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. And when you make your first deposit at mybookie, you'll receive double your deposit. That's promo code ZABE, so you can double your funds to double your winnings. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.